Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. My wife asked me today, did you get finished? No, I just quit. Amen, just quit. I tell the guys at Iron Sharpens Iron, I don't think you ever get finished with a sermon, you just quit. And uh, so, you better be glad we do. You better be glad we do, just quit. Amen. Uh, I'm going to be turning to uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Uh, the faux Paul was on me this morning, the reason why that was all incorrect. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, and then going to uh, chapter number 3, verses 16 and 17. I had for him up in media this morning, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, and so that kind of messed things up a little bit. Amen. 2 Timothy, chapter number 2, and verse number 15. The Bible says, Study to shew thyself approved <clears throat> unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth now chapter 3 verse 16 the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works so we're just continuing with the subject matter of the word of God here this evening amen <clears throat> all right we need to pray that God would help us amen be excited for next week Sunday night while we'll the evangelistic amen service with the evangelists coming in amen and so be, be prepared for that invite somebody to a Sunday night service if you don't mind Lord we come to you this evening I'm asking, oh God, for your help. God, I know you was with us this morning, God, and we, Lord Jesus, begin to tiptoe through the scriptures of your word concerning your word. I pray, God, this evening that you would help us yet again, God, as we look at the word of God and help us, Lord, to accept it and realize it for truly, God, what it is, God, and how powerful, Lord, and mighty it is, God, for each of our individual lives. I know, Lord Jesus, you're able to help us this evening, God, as we break this bread of truth. I pray, oh Lord, that it would be distributed God for each of our individual lives we be able to grow thereby be strengthened and minister to thereby Lord we'll thank you and praise you for it. in the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray amen and amen everybody say amen <clears throat> amen shake a neighbor's hand before you're seated tell them how glad you are to see them even if you don't mean it just fool them anyway tell them how good it is to see them in the house of the Lord amen the word the Word of God. We, we finished up this morning. We began talking about how the Word of God, we spoke about a lot of things, but we began to talk about how the Word of God is a source of a lot of spiritual riches in our spiritual lives. And one of the things that we left off talking about is how the Word of God is a source of power. It's a source of power for our lives to uh, use against our adversary to defeat our enemy. We spoke of, of how Jesus used the word of God for it is written in his testing and his temptation that was in the wilderness for 40 days. Quoting scripture 
in essence, to uh, the adversary and the enemy of his soul. But outside of being a source of power, one of the riches of being a source of power, the Word of God also brings great spiritual benefit to our life. And whenever I say it brings spiritual benefit to our life, let me further clarify what I'm saying. That whenever the righteous, obedient people consistently read the Word, live the Word, they receive a lot of spiritual development and blessing from God's Word. There is a certain level of blessing that comes upon, I believe, anybody's life from the Word of God. But there is another level of blessing upon the lives of those who will be obedient to the Word of God that they read and if they'll practice that in their own lives. Uh, the Bible tells us, and I have some scriptures for you here this evening, in 1 Peter chapter number 2, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious this this passage of scripture goes back just a little bit if you will remember whenever we spoke about praying through the tabernacle that first verse encompasses uh, our approach to the lord being that altar that brazen altar that we would first approach where you lay things aside laying aside malice and guile and hypocrisies but as you would lay some things aside at the altar you would go a little further than if you will to that brazen labor which is very much so paralleling God in his word because those priests could look down in that water and see their own reflection and see what was skewed or what was wrong or where dirt might be on their hands or on their feet uh, in that water. But as you lay things down at the altar, then you need to pick some things up at the laver or you need to pick some things up through the word of the Lord. Amen. Because whenever you lay something down... Uh, what that does, if you have it in your hands, that creates a void for you. There's something empty there. You've laid something down. And as we all know, we've said it many times, uh, empty things, void things, beg to be filled. Uh, I think it was Brother Don Johnson not long ago was asking my wife, said, are you going to have a church yard sale uh, anytime soon? So no, we're not going to have a church yard sale. By and large, we don't really do all that well at a churchyard, just don't. Our churchyard says just really don't turn that much profit. And it says, no, we're not going to have that. I said, by and large, room number three can't handle it. <laughs> room number three can't handle it. Uh, because whenever there, there's some roots void right now and no, don't nobody go fill them. Whenever they're void, it seems like they get filled. And so whenever there's, you lay things down in your personal life, Things like malice and hypocrisies and things that do not belong there according to the word of God. That void is desiring to be filled. Amen. And our hopes is this, or what we should do, our proper response is this, is when we lay those things down, we need to pick something up that was more valuable, of greater worth, 
amen, to our lives than what it was that we lay down. Desire to fill the void and the vacancy that now we have in our life with the word of God. Uh, the writer here of the epistle says that we, we should desire this word as a newborn babe desires the milk, if you will, of its mother. Uh, we have a young couple here that can probably attest to the fact that there is a baby and it, it knows when it's time to eat. Amen, and it desires that and it wants that. You know, you don't have a, a child coming out of the womb, you don't have to teach it to eat. <laughs> And some of us older ones, you have to teach us to eat either. But uh, a child coming out of the womb, you don't have to teach it to eat. It has an intuitive desire to satisfy its hunger. And, and so many times new people, amen, cannot, uh, sometimes new converts, that is, they can't learn enough about the Bible. They can't talk enough about the Bible. They're very inquisitive, wanting to know what the Bible has to say about their life. Because why? And it's interesting to me. Because we learned this morning we are begotten by the gospel, this gospel, this word of God. And the same book that contains the gospel, whereby we were begotten by, it also contains the nourishment, thereby we grow by. So the thing that birthed us is the same thing that will grow you. Amen. In essence, in, in, in modern day, or not modern day, but old time technology, before we had formula and all this other stuff, the same person who birthed the baby was the one that nourished the baby. Amen. And this same word, the dynamic of God's word, not only will it help birth you, but it will help grow you. And we might further say then, a lack of growth Concerning in the life of a Christian or in the life of an individual, one of the reasons, I'm saying one, one of the reasons that there may be a, a lack of growth in a New Testament Christian may very well be, you know, you have vitamin deficiencies. Well, they're low in iron or they're low in calcium or they're low in potassium. They're low in vitamin A. One of the reasons why there might be some problems in growth in the Christian life, it's a word deficiency. Someone say Amen. A word deficiency. The Bible says in Psalms 19 and verse number 7, starting, look at the word of the Lord, the spiritual benefit that we have from the word of God. And there's a lot of different terms that are used here for the word of God. It says the law of the Lord is perfect. Look what it does. Converting the soul. The testimony, the word of God, a lot of different words. The testimony of the Lord is perfect. Sure, what is it doing? Making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Look what it's doing, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true, righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than fine gold, sweeter also. Then honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant. What? By what? The word, the law, the testimony of God's word, the Bible in essence. By them, it says, is thy servant warned and in keeping. Everybody say keeping. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Look at that right there. In keeping them, there is great reward. In the word of God. Whenever you keep it, do more than just read it, peruse it, but you keep it. Amen. It doesn't only warn you, 
but it will also, it has a reward program. Uh, that's the popular thing today uh, with credit card companies and everything else. You, you earn points uh, for every dollar you spend or on certain things. You, oh, this month you get bonus points between this date and this date. Yay! And so people go out there and put themselves in debt so they can get a few bonus points to get a gift card for $25 from Lowe's. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, this, this word of God that we have has a reward program, and it's better than a $25 uh, a give, uh, gift card from Lowe's. The Bible, so it's great spiritual benefits. It is or should be at least a source of joy. Amen. A source of joy. The Bible says in Psalms 119, verses 47, 97, and 162, they're not up there, but he says, and I will delight myself in thy command, I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Look at what he says now. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. This is an interesting statement. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Because according to the psalmist, whenever he found, whenever he sees the scriptures, the word, the law of God, it is a very great treasure. What a treasure he has found. And what a relief it is to him. He says it's as finding great spoil. And the reason why this is interesting, because by and large, spoil was that that you got by having some type of battle or being involved in some type of warfare. But David, the psalmist is pinning here, he said, I rejoice at thy word because it's like not having to fight for spoil or war for spoil, but it's like stumbling upon some foil. There was no fight required. He says, so it's a source of great joy to me. The Bible says in Jeremiah 15 and verse 16, he said, thy words were found, and he said, I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Look, why? Why was that the rejoicing and joy of your heart? Jeremiah says, For I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. Jeremiah says, As I look through your word, and I read your word, and I feed upon your word, and I consider your word, there's something that I realize through your word, and that is this, that I belong to you. Yeah. That's what Jeremiah said. He said, I had a moment that while I was looking at your word, that I'm not my own, that I belong to you. And no doubt with that comes the understanding that if I'm God's and I'm an heir of God, then whatever God has also belongs to me. He says, I love and I rejoice over your word because it tells me I belong to you. For I am called by your name, the Lord of hosts. The Bible brings that type of joy. I look into scripture and I read it as well, just as Jeremiah did. And I understand very well tonight that I am not my own. The psalmist said, the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and them that dwell therein. So I'm not my own as well tonight. I belong unto the Lord. Honey, if you're going to belong to anything, anything at all, don't belong to Facebook, Twitter, uh, the Elks Club, or the Eagles, we're not belong to those anyway. Amen. You're going to belong to anything, belong to Him. Amen. No, 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 no. You don't understand because there's people that have no sense of belonging today. We're living in dysfunctional family times that 
people who were born by their own mother and father had nothing to do with them. Yeah. Families and most clear kin and relatives can, can have all of that but still not have a sense of belonging. Do you realize the moment for that type of person if they were to look at the word of God and understand that, hey, I have, I have a line of attachment. I have a sense of connection. And they get that through and by the word of God. The word of God should be a source of peace unto us. The psalmist said in Psalms 119 and verse 165, he said, great peace have they which love, look, love by law, by word, and nothing shall offend them or nothing shall make them stumble because they love the law. And when you love the law, you're going to have a deeper appreciation or love for keeping. Everybody say keeping the law. Whenever I love it, I have a deeper appreciation or a more apt, if you will, to keep the law. And you know what that brings? Peace. How and why? Because you know by loving his law and keeping his law, you're then not a transgressor of his law, not a transgressor of his words. And you can read in there what happens to the transgressors. Amen. Not something to be smiled upon, but whenever I lay my head down at night, I'm not worrying about that. Why? Because I love His Word. And therefore a keeper of His Word. And so I don't have to live in my life constantly looking over my shoulder. It, it's a horrible thing to have to try to live the life of a Christian and always be looking over your shoulder to see if someone's watching an incongruence in your life always a little afraid and skeptical about who may see or what may see hey I don't have to live like that whenever I fall in love with him and fall in love with his word because then I'll be a keeper of that word and I can lay down my head and rest in peace knowing I'm in harmony with his word the same word the Bible says that shall judge me on that day Folks, this is an open book test. It is an open book test. I would like to see the student that would be in pardon the language full. I know it's strong. But I pardon the student that would be full enough given the opportunity. It's an open book test. And keep it shut. But sometimes we live life with it shut. And the answers are there. The maps of the paths are there. His law, his instructions are there. Everything that he has required of us is there. But we keep it shut. No, 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 no. Amen. Get some peace tonight. Get some peace tonight. Love his book. Love his word. Keep his word. And by doing so, you can fall to sleep at night knowing, hey, I am his and he is mine. Someone say amen. I'm probably catching everybody off teaching on a Sunday night, ain't I? Yeah, all right. Look at the word of God, if you will, back in Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16. Four ways that the Bible says that the word profits us. Four ways. It says, can you put that back up there, Sister Sheila? Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. I think I said the right one. Amen. Uh, it's there at the beginning <clears throat> because that was our scripture. Four ways which the word profits us. I don't know who ever said that churches are nonprofit organizations because here's four ways right here. <laughs> That the word of God. You're all going to do it to me, aren't you? 
profits us. Look what it's profitable for. The Bible says it's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Four very specific ways that the Word of God is profitable to us. Number one, it is profitable, profitable for doctrine. Mm -hmm. Doctrine. Doctrine, in essence, is nothing more but a belief. It's a teaching. It's a dogma. It's a creed. It's a tenet, if you will, of the faith. Doctrine must, by and large, not be man's idea. All right? Must not be the teaching of man. It must be the teaching of God. The Bible spoke in New Testament Scripture. The Lord had a hang-up with some of the scribes and the Pharisees. They were talking, hey, why don't your disciples wash their hands before they eat bread? That was their plea. He says, you all, he said, got a problem. He said, you are teaching the commandments of men for doctrine. You're teaching the commandments of men for doctrine. He says, but, but he says, I got some other things that you need to, you need to concentrate on. And it's God's word that gives us the doctrine, sound doctrine, not a man's opinion, but it gives us what it truly is, not the most popular majority vote. Doctrine doesn't always get the majority vote. By and large, a lot of times, doctrine gets the minority vote. But doctrine is true. Doctrine is, doctrine is not tradition. Doctrine should not be tradition. He told them also in the same setting of Scripture, he said, you have made the word of God of none effect because of your traditions. He says, this, this here is doctrine. And look, look, look what the word says. Tying this word and this doctrine together in Titus chapter number one and verse number nine. He says, holding fast. Uh, yeah, holding fast. Look, everybody say faithful. faithful. The faithful word. As he hath been, as he hath been taught. That, you're going to hope that's the faithful word. Why? That he may be able, look, by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers he says hold the faithful word and he, look if you look at these two phrases faithful word sound doctrine those two phrases are linked together sound doctrine is the product of a faithful word Woo! Boy, I just felt the Holy Ghost just come on me. If it didn't come on anybody else, I'm sorry you're not in the party. But sound doctrine is attributed to a faithful truth, God-ordained divine word. And look what it does. It will both exhort and convince the gainsayers. Hmm, someone say amen. In other words, God's faithful word, which sound doctrine is derived from, is a good tool to come against those that are saying otherwise. The gainsayers, the naysayers, the ones that say it's different. This faithful, faithful word produces a sound doctrine that you can say, hey, this is what his word says. Hey, convince them otherwise. Do you know that it's been God's word in the foreign mission fields that has taken Trinitarian pastors and their congregations from that belief to the oneness of God in one person, namely Jesus Christ? It's been a sound doctrine that's been attached to a faithful word. Yes. Happened no other way. But through and by that faithful word, that sound doctrine. Number two, the word of God is profitable for reproof. And we don't want to talk about that, so we'll just go on. 
I'm joking. We're going to talk about it. Amen. It's good. Somebody had just, well, they had the old golden arches already above their head when I said that. It's profitable for reproof. What are you talking about? Scolding, reprimanding, censorship, if you will, admonition. Because guess what? Putting in a little secret, if you lean close, I'm not perfect. I know. I hate to just be real public about that, but. <clears throat> and you're not either. Just like in your face, I know it. But we're not. We're not. And so as a result, from time to time, we need the scolding, the chastening of the Lord because we can fail. We can and do make mistakes. We can get out of line. And the Word of God is His main source. Whenever I was a kid, there was a paddle that belonged to me. Not because I was the owner of it, but I was the one upon whom it was used. Seriously. It was, you know, remember those little balls that had bouncy balls with the little rubber band attached and you went ding, 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 ding. Well, whenever ours broke, you wanted to, I'd make it last as long as possible. Whenever it broke, I brought the string back and used a stapler to staple that string back on there because whenever it broke, that was the new tool of choice. Mom drew a frowny face on it and it said on the paddle, Paul's correction. I'm telling you, it didn't blow anybody else but me. It was Paul's correction. And so God's word, if we could say every once in a while, a little frowny face is drawn on it. And again, it says Paul's correction. And it has, I think I see some of y'all's names on it. Because there's no greater tool of correction than God's word. And it makes perfect sense. If this is the thing that's going to judge us in the end, then it should stand then as the ruler. Amen of correction for us and reproof for us now we receive comfort though from God's correction now I never believed my parents when they said this is going to hurt us more than it does you <laughs> but you know in reality whenever God corrects us there is a sense of betterment that comes along with that and we receive some comfort from his word the same thing that discomforts us you know, only, the only reason why the word ever becomes uncomfortable to you is because you're not living his word. The only time that Paul's correction paddle ever become uncomfortable to me, I love to play with it. I love to use it. The only time it ever became uncomfortable to me is when I wasn't living like I should have been living. And I find out the times when God's word really gets me uncomfortable. It's not when everything's hunky-dory. It's whenever I'm not living in accordance with his word. Someone say amen. And so we draw though then comfort from the same thing sometimes that gives us discomfort. But the only reason why it gives us discomfort is because we're not line on line and precept them on precept. Hebrews 12, 6 and 7 says, For whom the Lord loveth. Here he goes. <laughs> I love you going to hurt me a whole lot more than it does you it's true I know he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth if ye endure chastening God dealeth with you as with sons for what son is he whom the father chasteneth not what type of father would he be if he never gave a word of correction into your life and so when we read the word 
and we're not there, sometimes it stings us. When we come to church and we're not there and he preaches, it kind of gets in our crawl. Whenever the preacher or whoever it may be then teaches and we're not there, we go away and say, boy, you're really preaching tonight. And what it comes down to is you're just not where you need to be in accordance with the he was just preaching the same maybe he always preached preaching this out of the same book he always preached and the only thing has changed is your position in respect to his word someone say amen so it can cut us sometimes his word does that it can pull things out of our lives that reproof and the chastening of the lord number three now that that's reproof that's whenever we talk about reproof and the scolding that is the saying you're wrong all right? It's the rebuke. Hey, get your hand out of the cookie jar. Or, hey, I caught your hand in the cookie jar, maybe. The correction now is get your hand out of the cookie jar. And so the Word of God, thirdly, is profitable for correction. Because beyond reproof, beyond the chastisement, even maybe beyond your repentance now, must be correction. What's correction? Making something right that was wrong. Making something right that was wrong. And God shows us that by His Word. If you'll remember the verse of Scripture uh, in the New Testament, the Bible speaks of a man as beholding his face in a natural looking glass. And then whenever he goes away, if he's not a doer of the Word, he forgets what manner of man that he was. Amen. Because in the looking glass, he could see what needed to be altered, what needed to be corrected. But if he did not do anything about it, he was at best just a hearer of the Word and not a doer of the word so correction is just more than just hearing it and more than just seeing it correction is now it's up to me to do something about what I see and what I hear we see the correction of God's word in the New Testament believers of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and chapter number 14 Paul is coming to the Corinthian church and by God's word he is correcting them uh, they've been observing the Lord's Supper inappropriately and, and the use of the gifts have been inappropriate and so in chapters 11 and 14 Paul through God's word is correcting them on how they should uh, approach the Lord's supper and the table and how they should operate in the spiritual gifts that there should be some administration and there should be things done decently and in order and he's using God's word to do that so God's word correct us number four it's profitable for instruction in righteousness in other words God's Word trains us. It trains us, amen, in holiness, godliness, righteousness. It's spiritual development both inwardly and outwardly, amen. Spiritual training for you and I, touching on our behaviors, our attitudes in the middle of our worldly culture. David said what? He said, order my steps if I could, just a little parenthetical phrase there, order my conduct in thy word. Why? Let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Uh-huh. Amen. Uh, let's look at this verse. This was interesting to me the other day in my little uh, perusing and reading of the Bible uh, this jumped out at me the other day Brother Mason Leviticus chapter number 18 and verse number 3 God's word here amen that came uh, unto Moses and the children of Israel the Bible states in Leviticus chapter 18 and verse number 3 look now look at these words these, these, this is tremendous to me after the doings of the land 
of Egypt wherein ye dwell shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, because mm-hmm, they had to drive a lot of bad stuff out of Canaan. I know it was the promised land, but it was more of the promised land after they got what was in it out of it. <laughs> he said, after the doings of the land of Canaan, whether I bring you. So he says, where I'm taking you the way that they did, don't do. And he said, where I'm taking you to reside in, he said, in the land of Canaan, whether I bring you, shall ye not do, neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Now this is tremendous to me, folks. Because God is speaking to Moses concerning the children of Israel, and yes, he is somewhat painting with a broad brush here in the beginning. Amen. But this is what God is saying. It's after this verse that he begins to detail some very detailed things about what they should not do and what they should do. List them and enumerates them. But he starts with this verse. What are you saying, God? God says, if you know how you should, if you want to know how you should live your life and how you should act, just act different than Egypt. If you want to know how to live your life and how, how, how you should conduct yourself, then don't live like the people you'll live around in Canaan. Somebody hear me right now. He's painting with a broad brush. He gives particulars, but he's painting with a broad brush. Here, let me, let me translate it into now modern day uh, uh, knowledge and wisdom. Here's the broad thing. We can get down to details and particulars, but here's a little broad thing. Just live differently than the world you're living in right now. Someone say amen. Just live differently than the world that you're living in right now. He says, I'm going to set you in an environment. He said, but just don't do as they do. Amen. So he gives this overarching admonition. Amen. That, that he's saying, just don't do as they. And then he gives the particulars. Amen. Exactly what it is. Some of the things that they should and should not do. Amen. Whenever the Bible says in, in 2 Peter 3 and verse 11. And I'm moving on here. 2, 2 Peter 3 and verse 11. It says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Speaking about our earthly possessions. It says, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation again that word many times is lifestyle and behavior and godliness he said when all these things are dissolved when all these things are dissolved what manner of person ought ye to be in other words when everything that you have when everything that you have disappears and all you have is who you are and everything disappears and all you have is who you are what manner of person ought ye to be according to his word. Can I have all eyes up here right now? People's getting really distracted. I see faces turning left and right and you're keeping up with everything that's going on and you're missing God. All right. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to be a brute here. Uh, but everybody was, I'd, faces were going and looking and I know there's people going in and out and there's concerns and things and matters. Uh, but God's word is right here and we're teaching on Sunday night and I know that's hard and a struggle for some but it's still his word amen God and the purpose of his word is for equipping us it is to equip us why is it profitable for reproof why is it profitable for doctrine why is it profitable for all these things for correction why is it profitable for these things he tells us he says that the man of God may be perfect what thoroughly furnished or if you will thoroughly equipped unto all good works will you 
you stand with me this evening? Bow your heads in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I love you this evening and I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.